Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax. Whatever else is going on, just let it fall by the wayside. You really don't have to stress about this. You know, let things just fall by the wayside. If you're concentrating on something else and you need to come back to this program, fine, just do that. But the goal is to relax and make ourselves available to the Lord. It's This is not about pressure or trying or forcing something. We, we have a relationship with God. Spiritually speaking, we are already one with him. You already have all the answers to all your questions in your spirit. Your relationship with God is not your problem. The relationship between your soul and your spirit is the problem. And you can't fix it. God himself is working on your soul to restore that perfect unity between your soul and your spirit. In a sense, what we're trying to do is learn what is not our job and what is our job. Most of the time we spend 99% of our time, our energy, our effort on things that are not our job. And 0%, if any, maybe 1% on what we actually can do, can learn, can participate in. So we want to flip that around. And even just that whole process, of flipping things around and understanding. That's something God provides. God gives us a thirst and a hunger for. So while we talk a lot about how if we're talking about something here that's not interesting to you, it's not your time. Let it go. Pay attention to what the Lord is giving you a desire for. We know he gives us the desires of our hearts. We think, okay, we desire something, he's going to give it to us. No, it's the desire itself that he gives. If there's something in particular that you want to know about God, that desire comes from him. Now, what's great, one of the many great things, is that if he has given you a desire Attached to that is the guarantee of a response. Now, very often we have an idea about, okay, if God has given me this desire, 
that means that he's going to fulfill that desire in this particular way. Like, God really wants me to write a book or be in the ministry or go on the mission field. Or he really gave me a passion for this or a desire for that or an aptitude, an ability for this. Very often, God uses those things to take us from point A to B. And being the way God made us, we very often figure, okay, then we're going to go to C and D and E, and we're going to go all the way through to Z, that we have figured out the path God wants us to take. But very often, he just wants to take us to B, to point B, then maybe to K, and then Y, and then back to D. Because the point that he has for us of our path is not to get us somewhere. To reunite our soul and spirit. To bring us into unity, spirit, soul, and body. You are God's purpose. You are what he is focused on. You know, there's, there's always going to be something going on in the world. There's always going to be something going on where you live in your household, in you, there's always going to be something going on. And even when we're talking about, like now we're learning about what goes on in the supernatural realm, we all have, we all look to our own motivations for why we do things. Now, one of the big motivations that Christians look to is, Prayer related. If we pray the right thing, God will reward us in some way. Whether it's to release us from a bad circumstance or give us a good circumstance or consequence. So we can... Think of our concepts related to God as a being that we need to manipulate or put pressure on or steer in the right direction, get him to do something. And if you stop and think about it, that's not much of a God if he's waiting for us to qualify for him to do something that he already wants to do. Now we can bring this down to us as individuals, and we can say, well, if God wanted us to know all about the supernatural realm, he would reveal everything about the supernatural realm. The thing is that he also knows what's best for us. 
it very often comes back to the whole concept, does God love us? Does God love you? And if we can, you know, what what the heck does that mean? God loves me. It's is it a feeling? Is it a an emotion? Is it a, a promise for what what's going to happen after we die? Does it mean everything's going to be hunky dory if we qualify? What does that mean? God's love is is about relationship. It's about his nature. God's love is about us being united with him in spirit because God's love is his very nature. It's who he is. God is love. And he shows that love. We receive that love. He gives himself. And he gives himself unconditionally. Now, you and I have lived so long according to our soul that the concept of someone loving us unconditionally, giving to us unconditionally, it's hard for us to get our head around it and our emotions around it and our, you know, the whole idea that God's working out everything for our good, everything for your good. He's working out everything for your good because he loves you. So every circumstance is for your good. Why can't every circumstance for our good be pleasant? something we would have chosen for ourselves. Why does he let us make mistakes? Why do bad things happen to good people or people who are wanting to please God? Why do bad things happen? Why do wars happen? Why do diseases happen? Why does why does the economy tank? Why do we get stuck with bad neighbors. Why, you know, fill in the blank, whatever your circumstance in life that is contrary to your perception of, well, if God was controlling my circumstances, why did he allow this? But it was for your good. Good not because it gives you a pleasant and easy life, but because those decisions that he made on your behalf are about reuniting your soul and spirit. It's for the good of your soul. To relieve your soul of the burden of meeting its own needs. And you know what happens more and more, and this is where you know we come back to taste and see that the Lord is good. We learn what God is like by experience. We can talk theory, 
this is how God communicates to us and draws us and created us and relates to us. But until we experience who he is, we've not received love. We've not received his nature. But when we experience him and our soul, even in the the smallest degree, is freed or healed or relieved of the burden, that's when our soul relaxes. Even in the slightest degree. Oh, okay. Because your soul is not meant to please God. Your soul is meant to receive life from your spirit. God is not out there wishing that his people would honor him more or pray more or do good works more or work harder for him, write more books, have more conferences, pray for more people. Vote the right way. Sing the right songs. Feel the right things. Have their gifts stirred up enough. Make him look good. That's not God's purpose. His purpose is you. He is so big that he's spending every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year, of every century, thinking and doing and contemplating and arranging every moment of your life. He is focused on you. And it drives your soul nuts. Because your soul wants to maintain control. Your soul has had to live out of its own strength. Because none of us were born connected to God except one, his son. And, and yet it's amazing. God came in human form, was born as a little baby, and yet he still had to learn As a little baby, he was perfect, spirit, soul, and body. He was one. His soul did not have the same problems that your soul and my soul has. His, His soul didn't rely on its own strength. His soul received perfectly that life from his father. And yet he still had to learn. He had to learn how to know his father. He had to learn obedience. He had to learn how to live as in this body, on this earth. So if he had to learn, if he had to go through a process, 
gives us an insight into the value of the process. That God, there's something about being here on this earth and going through the process where God reveals himself and brings us into unity that is meaningful to him. You know, let's step back and look at what, what Jesus did. He paid for the sin of everyone. Everyone's sin was paid for. And we could put it, instead of let's calling it sin, let's calling it debt. He paid off everybody's debt, whether they were born or not. So from the beginning of time, throughout all time, all the debts were paid. So we can come before God and say, I don't owe you anything. And we can be in a perfect relationship with him. And as of the example of his son, there was nothing that restrained God's love for his son. His father loved him purely and perfectly. And the son loved the father purely and perfectly. And because our sin, our debt has been paid, and through the resurrection we have been re-spirited and resurrected with Christ, raised with him, put into the same relationship with him, we are have the same standing, relationship, perspective, past, present, future, everything that's true about Jesus is true about us. We are co-inheritors and joint heirs with him. Now, God, for each one of us, could have made that a perfect reality. For each one of us, he could have, at the moment of our salvation, of our co-resurrection, he could have completely healed our soul, completely restored truth, to our soul, completely reunited our soul and spirit. He could have done that. But he didn't. He had a reason, and he has a reason. He has a reason for why we're going through this process. And it's not so he can be glorified. Because he's not, again, he's not up on a cloud somewhere in a throne going, you know, I need people to, to glorify me or I'm not glorified. He's, he's not needy. He's not lacking. So the process that we're facing, because again, God could rectify it, boom, just like that. Just as, you know, if if all it takes is, 
being saved and then, you know, respirited, becoming a spirit being, why doesn't he just kill us then? And we could be with him and not have to go through all the pain and suffering of change. Change is hard. We don't like it. And we'll avoid it if we can. But there's something about this process. There's something about learning. There's something about our soul being changed and conformed and transformed. Now, just a little idea, give you an idea. You you take this before God and, and ask him what what's meaningful to you. For me, I start with the whole concept of gratitude. Without going through the experiences of change, of being healed, of having our our beliefs changed, of learning who God is and how much he loves us, without experiencing pain and success, we don't experience gratitude. We don't experience appreciation. We are not thankful. And I think that's a starting point. I think there's more to it, and I think that some of us have started other places, not necessarily appreciation and gratitude. Some others, you know, started a different place. But there's something about the process that as we go through this process, we learn things about who God is, and it changes our relationship between our soul and our spirit that can only be done that way. We find out about God's nature. We find out about our new nature through the process. So now here we're talking about the supernatural realm, that the supernatural realm is there. It's always there, just as the spirit realm is always there. We've talked about, just like in our, our our ears, our natural ears, hear a certain range. But just because our ears only hear that range, that doesn't mean that the other range, other ranges, lower and higher, don't exist, perceive a certain range. Likewise, in our vision, we only see certain colors, certain wavelengths. That doesn't mean the other wavelengths don't exist. Just we only perceive a certain range. So in the supernatural, that's a a like, that's a similarity that we perceive at a starting point. And we talked last time about if, if you haven't started someplace, if God hasn't given you a desire to learn a certain aspect about 
how your soul relates to the supernatural to just start with a word of knowledge. Now remember these, when we're talking about gifts, when we're talking about abilities, it's something that you came with. Your soul came with certain abilities and certain gifts. And if you need a refresher, I encourage you to go back. But again, my favorite is always the where Jesus told, <clears throat> told his disciples before they were Christians, before they were born again, before they were spirit-filled, they were still dead in their trespasses and sin. And Jesus told them to speak to the mountain to be removed, and it would be removed. <clears throat> that tells us about the abilities, the, the inherent abilities, power and authority that is there in our soul. That we have not, that we've run from. That's a, you know, that's something to think about. Is there something to be afraid of? We start with with trusting that God will guide us and lead us because he loves us. And he wants these experiences and circumstances that he's putting us through for, for benefits that we will reap. He's already reaped all the benefits. He wants us to experience certain things for our benefit. These are things for us. And again, I think we start with appreciation so we can be grateful. We can say thank you, Lord. God gives us unconditional love. And all we have to do is say, I accept it, is accept it. Thank you. And as we do that, he gives us more. And we say thank you more. Not, okay, well, what am I supposed to do with this? Or I don't deserve this. Or evaluate it. Or, okay, I get to start a ministry based on this, write a book about it. I must be special. We, instead of evaluating, we just accept it. But then there's more. And this is, again, when we talk about a hunger and a thirst. You know, a city set on a hill. What is that city on that hill? It's to draw others. That's why it's on the hill. You know, hunger and thirst. To want more. His desire is that we would want more. Not to bring fear or anxiety or stress, even though those are all natural and predictable and God-given responses to new things. And again, change. Change is hard. But when we start looking at state of our circumstance that is already in existence, whether we accept it or not, and when we accept that 
God wants us, does not want us ignorant of our circumstance. He, he does not want us ignorant of how he reveals himself to us. We spend so much time talking about learning his voice, making ourselves available, being changed by being in his presence, learning to hear his voice and have confidence that we're hearing him clearly. That's the the launching pad. That's the starting point for being able to have the confidence that what he has for us next, he is in control of. But we start with, thank you, Lord, for, for what you're doing in my life, whether I even know about it or not. I trust that you have me on the path you want me on and that you have good things, that the things you have planned for me are for my benefit, are for my good. I may not always, they may not always feel good, they may not always be what I would have chosen for myself, but I know that you know what's best for me. And that's a, that's sometimes that's a hard place to start is God knows what's best for you. Your soul is going to say, no, I know what's best. But God knows what's best. So spend time just thinking about the supernatural realm. It's, supernatural is simply above natural. And let God reveal to you any questions he might want you to pursue, any fears he might want to reveal his answer, his truth, his peace for. And and continue to journal, to continue to write these things down and questions. Nobody else ever has to see them. But getting them out of your head and then being able to remind yourself of where you are at any given time will hopefully be a way of encouraging you that God is revealing himself to you. So continue to drop me Align any questions or feedback at Diane at the org. Otherwise, we'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.